I used to walk home. Okay, me, I didn't used to, you know, get in a taxi. But it was, yeah. it was like a, it was like a, like a twenty minutes walk, or maybe twenty five. I used to walk home, and I remember, I had a dream. I was already fed up of the whole situation around me and the country, and I was like, you know what? I need to run away from this country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love my country, but at that moment, that's how I felt. So the only thing that I try, I started saving up for was. My name is Bane Kibuka and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Ball Talk Show. Uh, welcome once again to the Ugandan Ball Talk Show by Bane Kibuka for a new episode. Uh, and in today's episode, I have a special guest. And our guest today is a fashion model, humanitarian, a girl child rights advocate, the Miss Uganda of 19... 19- 2020 and the fourth runner-up miss world top model welcome to the show oliver nakakandi thank you thanks bonnie <laughs> for having me i'm super excited to be here yeah how is yeah. life life is great it's yeah. um, you know i mean post covid we have to deal with uh, you know i learned how to deal with you know the the, the consequences of COVID-19, but yeah. overall, it's great. Yeah, that's, I mean, it looks great. You look great. Everything is great. So I, I believe it when you, you say it. Um, where, where are you doing this recording from? I, I live in Dubai, so mm-hmm. that's where I'm doing this recording right now. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what, what are you doing in Dubai? Oh, yeah, of course. I do mind asking. I do mind you asking. <laughs> I think I'm going to dodge that question. Okay. No, no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, um, you know why I brought up that joke is because many people think of uh, Ugandans in Dubai are pretty much, you know, uh, into some dirty business or um, or being housemaids, which is not a problem at all, which is not bad. But I have been privileged to, you know, study here. So right now I am a student at Middlesex University, Dubai. Mm-hmm. So I am um, pursuing a degree in business marketing. So I'm targeting digital marketing and I'll be graduating next year. Yay! Nice, nice. That, that sounds <laughs> fun. Uh, man, who, who, who will turn down studying in Dubai? Uh, I feel like that's one of the things that I, everybody would love to do. Now, uh, as you've noticed, and as you knew before I hosted you, I have a podcast that I host people here to tell stories. I love stories. I love telling stories. And I usually bring people, especially from Uganda, to empower other kids, other youth, people who are in Uganda through sharing their stories. And kids are empowered through listening to stories from their fellow local people, like people who are from Uganda. And that's the whole reason why I started the podcast. And I'm so happy to have you here. Now, going into your story, what's your family background like? Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so I grew up um, in a family of, I should say, eight. 
Okay. So my mom and dad gave birth to six of us. So we were, I'm saying were because we lost my elder sister. So we were four girls and two boys and I'm the baby. Mm. I'm the baby too, my family. <laughs> so yeah, so I was brought up um, by, you know, I, I, let me rephrase this. I came to understand what was going on when I was living with my mom. So my mom was everything that I knew. And I'm saying was because right now she also passed away. May her soul rest in peace. But um, she brought me up through school and uh, that is pretty much my family. On top of I, that, like where, where did you grow up from? Like where were you born? I am from uh, Kawempen. I'm from Kawempe. I was born in Kawempe. Okay. But I've, I grew up in different uh, different areas. So I grew up in uh, Mukono with, with some of my uncles there. And then I was always uh, sometimes in the village. Our village is in, in Bombo, uh-huh. of, you know, the Wero Bombo Road. So, but mostly I was in, you know, in Kampala, in Kawempe. So okay. I did my um, my primary school at Kawempe Church of Uganda primary school and then I went ahead to uh, that's when I crossed over to Mokono I I did some studies at Hilton High School Mokono and then I went and did my senior four at um, Helm the school is called Helm Senior Secondary School it's uh, an Adventist school Um, and then later on I went back to uh, to Kawempe, but then I enrolled in a school that is on Gayaza Road. That's actually a Muslim school. It's called Faiha High School. Oh. That's where I did my senior six, and um, that was that was that was that was 20, 2012. That's the same yeah. year I graduated uh, high school senior six. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, from some of the interviews I've listened, you say when people ask you where you born, you mentioned Wakiso district. I am from Wakiso. I grew up, I was born and raised in Wakiso. I went to the schools um, in actually Wakiso, where the headquarters are for the district in that area. Um, mm. And I went to school in Chisubi at then Tebel Road. So I went um, my high, advanced high school. I went there. Um, so yeah, that's good to know about your high school and your high school life. Now, as little kids in Uganda, we always have dreams growing up. What was your dream that you wanted when you were growing up? I had a lot of dreams. I had a lot of dreams. And um, one of my biggest dream was to become a model. Like seriously, I just wanted to, I, I could see myself you know, wearing stuff. I could see myself on the runways. I could see myself having a crown, but I had, like, I wasn't really believing in my dreams. Um, you know, I did a diploma at Umkat. So yeah. not until I was at that level, everybody was telling me, oh my God, Nakakande, you are so tall and you're so beautiful. You can make a perfect model. Come on, just go ahead and do it. So there was a competition by then. I was like, okay, maybe I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. So that was like a Kickstarter for like my, you know, opening like my dream, my dreams. So starting off like, you know, dreaming and making the dream come to reality. 
Yeah. So that was pretty much my dream, but I never dreamt of like, oh, I'm going to be a digital marketer or <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy when we're little, we all have like uh, dreams we want to achieve. And we sing those songs in like nursery school, doctor, like songs like that. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how when we grow up, either we find another a journey that we want to embark on or something else happens. Like you said, you never dreamt of like other things, but you see the glimpse of something that you want to be kind of just coming into your path of so now growing up in Uganda and I ask most of the people this question that I host like what are some of the challenges you faced as a young child growing up in Uganda I faced a lot of challenges but I think some of the by then I didn't recognize them as challenges now looking back I'm like oh my god I was actually going through a lot of hell <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, like, uh, like, like when I look back now and uh, my family was, was a very small family and my mom was the breadwinner. So when I say small, my mom, um, when my mom separated with my dad, she moved in with me and um, I moved in with her and my sister, she doesn't move in with us. Anyways, so she really worked so hard. I could tell you that my mom did every job that, you know, like makes her money so that we could go through school. But I didn't see that as like, you know, as if she's really, really working hard. Now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, that was actually a challenge because right. sometimes we could be sent back home for, you know, we don't have school fees. Sometimes we, we really struggled to get stuff, food to eat and stuff like that. But as a child, I was like, oh, maybe this is the normal life because I wasn't doing a lot of like comparison because I think the community where I was, everybody was literally living the like, kind of life. But looking back, it was a huge challenge. And as I grew a little bit older, when I was 18, I remember uh, before I, you know, got to, the, to do my registration for my use, the UCE, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. So my mom was telling me, oh my God, I don't even know where I'm going to gather all this money because my school was, I, I, I was in one of the best schools around, you know? So she was like, this is so tough. You have to register for this. You have to do this. So then I was mature enough to see that, okay, she's actually struggling and this is painful for me to watch. And that actually what, uh, what made me want to, start working as soon as you know possible right. so i didn't grow up with everything on a silver plate and i want every girl out there to relate to my story like because i know there are so many girls that uh, look up to people like me and they're like oh my god she made it she's like no but we, we we come from the same place and it's only that we just don't give up on the dream mm -hmm. we we have a bigger picture and we push for that so yeah, I don't know if I've answered your question. But. Yeah, that's that's. A, I didn't even want to interrupt you because that was so good. And that's the same. <laughs> that's the same thing. If you listen to my earlier episodes, people who are listening right now, it's the same. They're the same exact words that I say. Like I didn't grow up in a rich family. I just mm -hmm. chased my dream and just kept hoping and believing that one day something is going to happen. You don't have to come from a rich family to achieve your dreams. It's just your determination 
hard work and being hopeful. So I'm thankful that you have shared that. And I want everybody who is listening right now to just think about that for a minute, that somebody you look up to went through the same life you're going through. She went through the same schools that you're going through right now. Like you don't have to go to fancy schools or you can still achieve your dream where you are just, you just need to work hard. Absolutely. Now, and I want to add on something onto that, if you don't mind. So, um, you know, when you actually grow up in all these kind of situations where you don't have it all, when you start longing for it and try to die for it, you're going to get it because you know what? You want to get on the other side. Mm -hmm. So there are two types of people in this situation. Some of, the, some of us choose to say, okay, I want to do it and I'm going, I'm going to do it. That's what I want. I want to get on the other side. And some of us, some, some other people will say, okay, I'm poor and I'm broke. I grew up from a very poor family. I don't think I'm going to make it. That is the energy that I don't want to deal with. And I, I believe in possibilities. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you hit it right on the head. Like you said everything perfect. And if somebody's listening, I'm sure they're going to take something to learn from that. Now, growing up, what were some of your hobbies that you enjoyed doing? My hobbies, I was a very, very big fan of netball. And not just a fan, I was playing netball. You know what? I almost ended up on the national team. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when I was, um, I think, in senior two, um, so I enrolled in this new school and the coach was like, oh, my God, this girl is exactly what we want because I, I was already like long legs and mm -hmm. tall and so he he pictured me shooting so many goals so I started training and uh, before I know I'm just winning and my team is winning so it just became a part of me and uh, somehow I managed to get actually a, a small bit of uh, scholarship out of that so mm -hmm. I was just loving uh, volleyball not volleyball, netball. netball. Right now, I'm actually playing basketball. Oh, you are? That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you got everything for like volleyball, netball, <laughs> basketball. I've been explaining to some of my American friends how netball is played because most of my friends play basketball in the States. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you guys, at least you have an advantage of the backboard. Like when you shoot, the ball can hit on the backboard and just go in. But for netball, you have to stand like with one hand and shoot the ball into the basket without a board, without anything. So you have to it's be old magic. <laughs> you have to be a better shooter. But yeah, that's that, that sounds like, I mean, hobbies for all the, like most of the girls in Uganda grew up watching them play netball and all that. So now I want you to take us through your journey to Miss Uganda. When I was doing an introduction, I mentioned that you're the Miss Uganda 1920. So take us, walk us through the journey. How did you end up there? Mm. So that journey was so long and, uh, you know, it's actually still going on. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, um, like I told you, since I was a child, I had people around me that actually believed that I could make a great uh, model or beauty queen or whatever. And when, after I graduated from OMCAD, I was like, you know what? Being a model is not going to pay my bills. So I sort of gave up on the dream. So 
and and then I, I I came, you know, I moved overseas and I started working and I was making money. I was like, okay, there's no way I'm going to make money from this. But um, before I was doing all that, I always wanted to give back to the community. I always wanted to, I was always like, you know, every time I used to go back home, I used to book at least 50 kilos of things that I could collect from my wardrobe, from my house. And I just take them and give them back to the people. And, uh, you know, the small hand luggage, that is where I would put all my everything. So I just wanted to give back, even though I didn't have a lot. So how I uh, envisioned getting into Miss Uganda was like, okay, I was saying, okay, I want to, you know, get into this, but I want to get into a pageant where I will be able to, to do what I want, which is charity. So I was like, oh, Miss Uganda is the way to go. Because when I looked them up, I wasn't even following what was going on. But when I looked them up, I was like, okay, these guys, you can be a model, you can be a beauty queen, but doing charity and giving back and making people smile, this is exactly what I want. So, but I wasn't sure if I was going to make it on the model side, because mm -hmm. I came with a big heart of like, okay, I'm just happy to do the charity. Now for the modeling part, the beauty queen part, I don't know if I'm the perfect one. I don't know if I'm the most beautiful girl in Uganda. With that, we'll find out. So it happened as magic. I was here in Dubai and actually that was my first year at uni. And uh, we were going into summer break and I saw an ad on, on Instagram that they were auditioning and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is my time. I was like, but I'm just, I just started studying. How am I supposed to do this? You know, if I go back, it will take me a lot of time. Uh, and I'm not even there. So I had so many excuses, but you know, I, I said, just give it your shot right now, because maybe this is going to be the time for you to change and shine and, you know, do what you always wanted to do. So I reached out to my friend, um, her name is Ruth. I reached out to her, I texted her, hey, Ruth, go and pick up the audition forms for me. I'm contesting for Miss Uganda. She was like, yes, of course you're going to pick it. I was like, <laughs> How are you sure I'm gonna take it? We don't even know where to start. She's like, I got you. So she went and got the forms and uh, and then fill up all my information. And then it came to the tricky part where she was supposed to sign. She was like, okay, you're not here. How am I supposed to sign this document? Just sign, nobody's gonna know that it's not me. Put my pictures, blah, 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 boom. And guess what? What happened was, when uh, our plan was she submits all these documents and I get done with my exams and I fly in for the auditions. Okay. So I was like two days in for the auditions, before the auditions. So I fly back in and I've never had a callback, never had a callback from anyone. So I'm very confident. I was following on social media. So I knew what they, they were telling the girls to wear on the audition. So I brought my bikini, I brought my black pants and like a, like a, like a vest or a tank top. So I show up and the, the, the place was full of beauty. I've never seen beautiful girls <laughs> like that ever. Like in Uganda, we are beautiful. Like, yeah. I was like, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> The girls, listen, this is not Miss Kampala, it's Uganda, mm -hmm. like the whole country. 
girls from the north, super tall, dark skin, like the melanin is just popping. And I'm like, what am I doing here? The Western girls. <laughs> okay, so I almost again went back home, but I was like, you know what? I have traveled miles and I've dreamt of this moment. I can't give up right now. So I sat down and I was like, I'm gonna wait and you know, hear my name. They didn't call my name. So I started asking people when, you know, the room is almost getting empty. I'm like, hey, did you, did you guys, did you, did they call you to get here? Did like, you know, like pre-audition you to show up? Everybody was like, yeah, they sent me a message. Yeah, they call you on the phone. I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so that's when I realized that I was not shortlisted. Oh, wow. Or my form, my uh, form, whatever we submitted, uh, maybe got lost. Or I started doubting that my friend lied to me and she did not submit my form. Yeah. So I pick up the phone and I I call her, Ruth, did you submit my form? She's like, yeah, I did. I'm like, where? She said, I, the reception, the Sheraton Hotel. Like, Are you kidding me? Why, why is my name not here? Nobody knows me. Nobody is expecting me. Like, I did submit it. I'm like, okay, I don't want to break up with my friend right now. Let me come down and try and audition. So I walk up to the, to the ladies that are preparing us. I'm like, actually, they called, they, they called me out because I was the only one in the room. They're like, what's your name? I said, Oliver Nakaka, did we call you? Oh my God, I am so bad at lying. <laughs> <laughs> but at that moment I was like, oh, maybe I should say yes, they called me, then I can audition. I said, no, you didn't call me. Uh, so what are you doing here? I said, I came to audition for Miss Uganda. I'm Ugandan, I have the right to audition, so but did you did you submit your forms? I said, yes, I, I did submit my forms. Now, when they asked me if I actually submitted myself, I said, yes, that, I, that was a lie. So <laughs> anyway, so as we were having that conversation and they were like, no, they were like, it was like the end of the day where all the girls had auditioned and I'm now in the last batch. Everybody was tired and exhausted. So they're, while we're having a conversation, another lady walks in and she's like, oh, who's this girl? And then they say, oh, she's, uh, you know, she says she submitted, but we don't have a form. We didn't call her, blah, blah, blah. And this, this other lady was like, oh, no, this is exactly what we are looking for. You are speaking to Miss Uganda. She's beautiful. She's told this. Is... I was like, what? Is this like an angel or something? <laughs> Sounded like an angel. <laughs> Trust me, I was like, oh, it was. Anyways, so she's like, just prepare her, give her a number and get her in. Yes. So there was the, it was, we, were, we were going in like two or three girls. So I joined the last batch. So we went in and I was, after having this conversation of asking me whether I was supposed to be there or not, I was already nervous. I was already now with them shaking. So walking into the room, the judges, um, these are women that I really respect. Uh -huh. uh, there was Flavia Tumosime, there was Miss Brenda Nanyonjo, uh, Mama. There was uh, Miss Uganda 2012, I think, Subia. 
and there was some really, really nice women that I really um, adore. So I just started shaking and I couldn't stop. So I was the one with the microphone and I was supposed to go first. I remember this moment so well uh, and I was shaking and I told them, hey, I am very nervous. And they say, why are you nervous? I said, I've never done this before and I'm here in front of you and I don't know what to expect. I was shaking like this. <laughs> so they say, come on, you got this. So actually they said, is there anything we can do to make you relax? Can we play some music? I was like, yeah, I love music. So they played and we danced. Kind of helped me actually to calm down mm -hmm. and they asked, a few questions and I answered them and then the other girls so we all audition and leave the stage come back again anyways let me cut the long story short um I managed to go through to the, the to the final 22 of mm -hmm. you know like the overall and I could not believe myself I could not believe it I call Ruth first person yeah. <laughs> my friend guess what I finally auditioned and I made it to the top 22. Oh my God, we were screaming. So I call um, my parents, I call my family, I call everybody. Everyone was so proud and super excited. So now that was the time where we were supposed to actually get, in, get into preparations for, for the boot camp, which actually takes usually three weeks to, to a month, mm -hmm. you know, where they get to know the girls better and um, do some coaching, of course. Uh, let me ask you a question from that. Did you have yeah. to leave school uh, for that? Or how did you manage to go through? You said you were beginning university. So how did you deal with school and taking time off to, for that? It happened while I was just finishing my first year. Okay. So I was, we were heading over, we were heading into summer, summer break. Uh -huh. So it was like a great time. So I just finished my exams and rushed into the, to the okay. audition. So I, I had like three, four months at least. Okay. So I was like, Perfect I'm timing. just, you know, having fun. I, I didn't expect that I was going to win and then make a decision of staying or going back to school. So I'm going to get there, but it was not that easy. Anyways, so we get into boot camp. Boot camp is pretty much like uh, dormitory, like Sulo, you know? And for me, as a day scholar all my life, this was the first time I was actually in the same room with, uh, with the, you know, having like two roommates. I'm like, oh. yeah, but it was very, very fun. I made a lot of friends and uh, I, I knew that it was a test. Everybody knew that it was a test. So we were, you know, being our best behavior. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But you know, you can't hide it for like, uh, for, for three weeks. So the judges judged and then we, we, had, um, we had to choose Miss Congeniality when we were there. So the girl who's like the most caring and blah, blah, blah. And apparently the girls chose me. I don't even know why. Yeah. Um, so when I asked, when I asked, they were like, yeah, because Actually, I didn't ask Mama, Miss Brenda. She asked, she was like, why Nakakande? Some, someone was like, oh, because last time when I was feeling, uh, when I was having a headache, she had Panadol on her. <laughs> she was willing yeah. to share with me. And then another person, I was like, oh, this is so sweet. 
so they got out the the sweet side of me that I didn't know that I mm-hmm. had maybe it was just it, it came out really really natural and they appreciated that so I got the crown for congeniality while I was in boot camp and I was like this is enough this is a lot of respect it's enough for me anyways so uh, we did some CSRs and then Miss World of course flew in did you go to Miss World after you won Miss Uganda right Yes, but I was saying that Miss World okay. by then, uh, Miss. Oh Vanessa, yeah, she came to visit. Okay. She flew in, and then we we did some CSRs with her. It was it was like magic. I had never been <laughs> this close to Miss World in the same yeah. room, touching her, doing the same thing with her. So it was it was like you know getting closer to the dream, but I was still you know just dreaming. And I was not believing everything that's, that was going on, but I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so the DJ came. And by then, I didn't know how to act. But I, I remember my family supported me so much. In fact, everyone's family supported them. Because I remember it was like, you know, you know that the recently, the, we recently had uh, elections. It's sort of felt like we were having a presidential election. When we had like a talent night or whatsoever nights, our families showed up with- uh, Oh, wow. With, uh, what do we, like- Signs. What do they, like billboards. Billboards, yeah, <laughs> Signs. yeah. Some of them printed like huge ones that look like billboards. Right. What? The competition <laughs> was getting tough and tough and tough. So actually the first time, the first day my family just showed up, they thought like it was like a like a dinner, like yeah. just got, you know, celebrate that you made it to the top 22. And then these other guys, every time their contestants showed up, they were like, Yeah, this is our goal, billboards and whatever. I'm like, what? So I told these guys, if you really, really love me and care about me, show up, level up. <laughs> yeah that's the right one level up level up match the energy the competition got really really intense it, it felt like we were contesting for some some presidency seat uh-huh. or something anyways it was so fun and uh, the thing is it was a competition but we the girls didn't feel as if it was I didn't feel as if it was a competition because right. I cared more about making friends because to be honest before I became Miss Uganda I had very very few friends in Uganda especially girls so I was just so excited to meet the girls and uh, make a sisterhood out of this whole thing for me the crown was far away from what I was actually envisioning but I was just trying to be as organic as possible Uh and I knew that I was already there so any one of us could take it right yeah, that's I talk too much. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good because that's I, like I wanted people to know the back. Like, w- well, the one reason why I wanted you to talk about your journey and everything, most people didn't get a chance to listen to the behind the scenes of this. So, like, every time when or if you're hosted on a TV, they have a, a time schedule of like what you have to say. But this is a podcast where you can just talk about the behind the scenes, the little things that you never like share on the tv and that's why people like to listen to, oh i didn't know they had to do this and that so it's just cool for you to walk her through the whole journey and i wanted to ask you at the point like how did that and winning like what what did you feel like once they announced your name i watched i remember that clip i have it back in my head when they were you were too 
girls remaining standing facing each other and you're waiting to hear your name uh who won like remember you got you were putting your head down and when they called your name like how how did that moment feel i remember that moment as if it was yesterday you know i remember it so well so the thing is i don't know if you remember that on that very night that exact moment there was drama happening i don't think i remember you don't no come on <laughs> like literally uh the next day people were if i'm to give it a percentage people like 75 of people or 80 who were talking about the drama that happened rather than the queen who was yeah. around so i remember that moment very well For me, it was a very special moment. And I remember my sister, Elizabeth, we held hands and I remember telling her that, Liz, this is it. I don't care if you take it or I take it. I love you and this is it. Mm-hmm. This is the moment. We're all winners. So, and then the last, the last thing I heard, they were calling, my, calling out my name. I was like, oh. I was shaking. I was feeling but butterflies. I, my, the good thing is we, we we were wearing long gowns, so you couldn't see my legs. Like, yeah, shaking. But my legs under that thing were like shaking. I would be shaking too. <laughs> Because it was a huge crowd. You know what? I think that was like the biggest event Miss Uganda has ever had. Hmm. It was a huge show. There were celebrities that I had never met. And yeah. to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit like um, introvert, extrovert. So I don't usually go out that much. Right. And there are some people that I was only watching on TV and now they are here watching me. Oh my God, it was so scary. Anyways, as they announced me, I was nervous. I was shaking. I didn't even cry because I didn't know. I, I, I don't know. I didn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. I was overwhelmed. Anyways, um, I walked and guess what? I, I made history then becoming the first ever Miss Uganda to be crowned by Miss World. Oh, wow. That is boom. Yeah. Right. History. Anyways, it was a fun moment. And um, that was when I, I, I realized that I was stepping into uh, the life where people are going to be looking at every step that I'm going to be doing. And I really hate it. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I don't like it. And I was, I was just looking forward to, Oh my God, when am I getting done with this so that I can go back to being who I am, like my real self without like, you know, going to a cafe mm-hmm. in, in, in normal clothes and people are not going to judge me, you know? Anyways, um, after that moment, Oh, I got to know about the drama like way after like like a few days after all this happened but people were texting me oh you know that very night my phone got so many messages and just died <laughs> you couldn't yeah. take them the congratulations even people that I didn't know that knew me even people in my in my whatsapp that I had not talked about talked to in so long they all you know risen up and like oh my right. god you're my girl i love you congratulate you know, those people anyways so i didn't check my phone i didn't check the media or anything 
I just slept and re rested and I was doing interviews the next couple of days. So I didn't know what was going on, but I got to learn that when, while I was on stage and I was almost about to be crowned. So two women, uh, Zari and Fabiola sort of had like a, like a misunderstanding, right? I, I, I should call it. So they got into like an, a misunderstanding where, because Fabiola was in Miss Uganda some year uh -huh. and she was one of the runners ups. And in Miss Uganda, we know that we call uh, the Miss Uganda CEO, Miss Brenna Nanyonjo, we call her mama. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Uh -huh. So I didn't know that Zari and Fabiola had like a, like a, a beef or some, something like that. So when Fabiola was handing over the, I think it was result sleep uh -huh. to, I think to mama. So she was saying mama, you know, addressing her as mama. So Zari got offended and, you know, thought that this girl is actually saying that she's the mama because maybe, you know, she's the one who's older. She, she, right. she got offended apparently. So all this drama is happening and me and Elizabeth are holding hands like this. Mm -hmm. so. Waiting. <laughs> so because we were just focusing on just, I, my, my ears were just waiting to hear whatever name, like is there Elizabeth or me? Okay. So I didn't know all this was going on, but I watched the clip later and I was like, oh my God, this was so embarrassing. Yeah. And to be honest, even now I feel so embarrassed that that happened on my, my crowning night because there were so many important people, uh, you oh, know, wow. in, in the presence and Miss World was there and we are portraying a picture of women empowerment, beautiful women, strong women standing up for women. And women on the same stage are fighting each other. Like, what the hell is going on? You know, yeah. I just, I, when I watch the video, I was like, I'm already embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. When, yes, because yeah, when, 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 um, when I, when I started doing interviews, instead of people asking to know who I am, uh -huh. they're like, what do you think about the drama? Like what drama? Like, until I went back and watched the video, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, it was that serious. <laughs> yeah. I read the news, everything, this drama, drama happens between so and so as they are crowning the new Miss Yugan <laughs> Why am I involved in this? <laughs> yeah. Your name will always be involved in that because that happened. I mean, there's some things that you can't uh, avoid and you didn't know that was going on. I didn't notice. I just watched the. In, Maybe I missed it, but I didn't, I didn't notice. I just watched when they called your name and everybody was excited. So how did that, you being crowned Miss Uganda, how did that impact your life positively and negatively? Um, that's actually a very good question. <sighs> There's so many positives, to be honest. And I always try to look at those, but I can't say they are they are not negatives as well. So I'll start with the positives. Uh -huh. Some of them, the major ones. Miss Uganda made my dream come true. The dream that I had as as a child, the dream that I had, you know, while I was here, and I was thinking, okay, I can do charity and at the same time, you know, model or be a beauty queen. 
like it's like it's like it's called beauty with a purpose that's actually you know laboring up at miss world so she's a beautiful girl beautiful lady but she's going to inspire other girls or she's going to work on a certain project you know for good so for me that was the best thing or the best you know the positive thing that um that i count on from miss uganda because to be honest i was uh, first of all i at first I was running a project about clean water and sanitation, which we, we stopped before I went for Miss World because it was, you know, it's, it's, it, it acquired, acquired, required me to be on ground all the time. So we got some funds for that and some people got some clean water and then we switched on to the project that I was really, really dying for. Guess what it is? A project that carries it cares about the girls. So I, to be, to be honest with you, when you're going for boot camp in Miss Uganda, you have to present a project already. Mm -hmm. So we are final 22. We have to, each of us present a project. So my project was to teach people or the girls about sex education and why, because you know, when, when I, when I left home, I've been away for like six years now uh in all together so when i left home i the first time i went back after two years i realized that most of my friends were pregnant or they were already moms or they were dealing with something related with you know from you know having sex so like oh my god we need to talk about these things so i realized the problem was our parents always always shy away from sex education sex talk they send us to our singers and sometimes even our singers shy away. So we are left there with no one to tell us what happens when you have sex or, you know, just basic talk about sex. And I was hoping if we actually open up these conversations about sex, maybe it would help with, you know, coming on the numbers of teenage pregnancies and, uh, you know, HIV and all these STDs, because people will be aware what happens if I have unprotected sex, what happens if I have um, sex with, the, you know, anyways, sex education in general. So that was my project. So when I... When we finished off this water project, I was like, I need to push this project before my time run, runs out. So this is the project I'm taking to Miss World. I want, I want the whole world to know that this is the project that I care about and the numbers are scary. I, I think the numbers are scary, but even when you get on the ground, it's even scare, more scary. So there were, um, there were a few, I couldn't be everywhere, but there were a few areas that I focused on. I went back home in Luero and I did some projects there, educating the girls about, you know, uh, sex education and also teaching them how to make uh, reusable sanitary towels because we actually did some research and found out that there are many, many, many girls that drop out of school because they do not have sanitary pads. Mm -hmm. This sounds a bit weird it sounds maybe it's like impossible but you come from uganda and people who don't come from uganda that are listening right now i just want to tell them this that a sanitary pad is something very cheap i mean when you say when in terms of money it's very cheap but there are not so many people who can actually afford that on a month on a monthly basis in uganda so 
uh, we did some research and found out that some girls actually just say, you know, I, I just don't want to go back to school because the other day I got read and people are bullying me. They were, you know, laughing at me. And when, you know, when you miss school for a week, nobody's yeah. going to tell you what you missed when you go right. back. It's past, it's gone. Mm -hmm. So they kind of get to lose the, the, the love for it. It kind of dies because the monthly, the, the period comes monthly. It's going to show up the next month and the other month. So I'm not going back to school. I think I'm done with this. You know, yeah. there's so many girls who do that. And also it's, it's a great excuse for the parents to like, uh, oh, maybe she's ready for pregnancy to, I mean, for marriage and she can get mm -hmm. pregnant. You know, we can't afford pads. We cannot afford school anyways, you know. So that was the whole story. So introducing like reusable sanitary towels was like a great initiative, but still a great initiative. So we know that at least the girls can learn how to make these pads with their own fabric that they have, clean it up, you know, sew it and reuse it, wash it and reuse it. So we teach them about, making them and you know cleaning them the hygiene part and all that so that was like the uh i'm still talking about the, the positive, the positive. It's, yeah it's i was gonna say, i was gonna <laughs> say right there like that's that's a positive thing that you got the platform to be able to be in that position to actually achieve something that was in your heart because i remember you mentioned when you're starting to talk about your journey that you always wanted to help and empower somebody. So I see how you getting the crown of Miss Uganda gives you a platform, a bigger platform exactly. where you can actually achieve what something that you wanted to do for a long time. So I see how that's a big positive. Did you yeah. have any do you have any negative things that you think oh maybe oh no not regrets but like anything negative that came came with you being crowned? <laughs> It, it is it is a negative and I and it's kind of a regret not 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 for me but for okay. I don't know maybe now that I'm into digital marketing and I'm learning how the digital world works and I also you know I have a diploma in journal, journalism so I know how journalists work but I never wanted to practice because it's annoying yeah imagine chasing someone and they just don't want to talk to you leave me alone mm -hmm. so some some sometimes it's good to talk to the to the media because you need to pass on information but when it comes to invasion of privacy it is annoying mm -hmm. that is the part that i didn't really like so i i think i've been the most low-key miss uganda ever I've played I it really, I agree really with that. I agree <laughs> with that. And on that note, I'll have to say, like, me getting you in my podcast, especially, like, explains what the reason why I would say you've been the lucky. And it's a few people who get the position to still be lucky and being open to do things like this and, like, know a good cause. So that was my shout out to you. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, because I just didn't want people to 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 take away my peace. You know, I just I, I just wanted to do this. My my goal was to serve and go. It wasn't to, you know, to get into my life and take away my peace. And so that is that was the only negative thing, honestly. Okay. 
Think That's the right. thing I say. I I did somebody asked me, I did a QA on my podcast, and somebody asked me the question, would you want to be famous? I say no. And I, I say no all the time. Like I don't want to be famous. But my reason to be to saying no is I don't want that to change who I am. I mean, I can control that, like you trying to control that, change who you are. But I feel like when you become famous, there's a way it takes you and keeps you busy. And some people who use it in the wrong way, they become proud. And I don't want to be that person. I want to stay who I am and trying to reach my goal of helping other people. Now that we're talking on the topic of helping and caring for others, I know you're a big advocate, and I said that in your introduction. So we're going to talk about how you have been a girl child right advocate and some of the things I know you've talked about most of the things you have done and some of the stories but specifically I don't know if you remember there was an interview that you did a while ago oh no not a while ago while you were contesting for Miss World there was an interview that you had with the lady who was from Mexico and she was she asked you questions and you talked about the story of a young girl, Brenda Nanskalako. Do you still remember that story? I just wanted you to talk about that story for my listeners to hear, those who didn't get a chance to listen to that interview. Yes, I do remember that story a lot because like I, like I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, when, when you get this platform for a year, you sort of like want to give back and you always want to start with the people that you know. That was me. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start with the people that I know because I, I like I said, I knew a lot of friends around me, a lot of um, uh, friends and family, and that's why I decided to take it back to Luero. That's my village. Okay. So while while we were there, we when I say people that I know, it's not like my family or friends, but mm -hmm. you know, when, when you do something from your 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 village, people were like always remember that oh she was this and right. she really came back home she never forgot about us but that doesn't mean that I was only focusing there anyways so on one of our pro on, on one of the um the project visits we visited um a home in Luero where this amazing lady keeps uh not keeps but she kind of shelters girls that run away from home because they they got you know pregnant mm -hmm. and they're young so that is where I met this bunch of young girls and I was I was super sad and I was like what am I seeing what am I looking at that was the first time actually I should be honest with you that I met a 13 year old pregnant I met a 15 year old pregnant and I was like what in the world how did they even end up pregnant in the first place so I was just eager to talk to these girls one-on-one -on -one and get to know what exactly happened so that's when I met Brenda and she was very shy. So we talked to her and uh, tried to get her story. And she opened up because we, we had to prove to her that we are, I think we had to prove to her that at least we are here to help. We're not here to judge her. Mm -hmm. This is actually a thing that actually you know, hurts them the most because there are so many NGOs there's everywhere NGOs and usually people go and take pictures of these guys and they show them on their social media and they never take their stories and they never actually help them so this is one thing actually I talked about 
I talked to with my organization, I said, as I miss Uganda, as long as I miss Uganda, I don't want a lot of pictures with these kids or, you know, suffering all over. I know this is like a fundraising thing, but for me, it doesn't make sense. I would rather, you know, do the job and impact the life. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we know that we did good and, you know, that's what matters. So I promise Brenda, you're not going to be anywhere in the news. It's just me and you. And we're going to do what we can do to help you. So she kind of believed me and trusted me and gave me her story. So Brenda was living with her mom and dad. And she was like a normal child in the village going to school. And um, I remember she told me, uh, actually at that time when, when she got pregnant, she, she, her mom at the same time at home was also very, like, very pre- pregnant. So the dad, when, when the dad knew about the news that Brenda was pregnant, she, he started blaming the mother, but hey, why would you let the girl get pregnant? So like, you know, all the blame was on the mom. It was an accident. She's a young girl and she didn't know what she was doing. She regrets it. This is why I was like, we need to teach these people about sex at a very young age because they are practicing it and we don't know but they are doing it until they get pregnant or they get some std and then then we're like oh we wish we did this anyways so when brenda got pregnant she got really scared and she ran away from home and this is where this lady in this shelter found her and took her in and started asking for help so when brenda's dad found out that she was pregnant started hitting the mom this is where actually see we started with pregnancy, dropping out of school. Now it's domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Hitting the bomb, say it's your fault. You know, yeah. so uh, they started fighting and all. And apparently the mom lost the, the baby, you know, in the due process. But now Brenda is the one keeping the baby. And I mean, it's, it's a baby keeping a baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Anyway, the story was just, so saddening that I felt like I needed to share it with the world and right. make the world understand that this is one of so many cases where kids, these are kids, 13 years old. It's she's a kid, she has a whole life ahead of. Oh my God. So I feel like the world needed to hear what is going on and uh, if we could help wherever we can it doesn't have to be finance it's for me even just the education itself just the information you know information is very powerful Mm -hmm. is enough to change the mindset you know I was lucky enough when I was in primary school I went to like I told you Kaimpe Church of Uganda primary school it was in touch uh, they were working together with plan plan international I think so these guys used to come to school and give us like, a, you know, mini sex education, but they were like, you know, just pinches. So you had to be really, really smart. I'm like, mm, okay, so that means if I do this, I, but then you realize this is not happening in all schools. You yeah. have to be really lucky for your school to kind of bring you uh, volunteers and people to talk about sex and health and all these things. So Brenda, unluckily, never got all this information and boom. Young girl, pregnant, mom, domestic violence, the, the baby is out, and it was this whole mess. 
yeah. it was a whole mess. So we had to take care of Brenda and uh, promise to, you know, take her through her pregnancy and eventually take her back to school. So that was like the program. Okay. So, Do you yeah. ever, have you ever had any update on that? Or you know how she's doing now, Brenda? Yeah, she's in school now. She's okay. in school now and she's a mom. And she's still in this family because now actually this lady, she's, I love what she's doing. It's not an organization. Mm -hmm. It's a home. Right. Home where she doesn't make noise about it. She just says, you know, this is what I'm doing and we will need a bit of help. So the girls are kept there very safe. So Brenda and um, I think there was another girl who was almost, you know, uh, what do they say? Like the same months old right. pregnancy with Brenda. They are all having babies and they're all back to school. So with the Miss Uganda Foundation and with this lady, managed to take care of that situation because now it's like like almost a year and a half later that's really cool um i get touched with hearing stories like that i i grew up with my brother we only two boys my elder brother but my dad has a girl's home and i i hosted him on my podcast to talk about if you ever get a chance you can go listen to that but i get touched with stories like that because I, I don't know what these girls are going through, but whenever I go back to Uganda to visit, I sit down with these girls and I cried. I cried because they called me to speak on their career day. And these girls were asking me questions and I'm like, I'm lucky. I had my dad, my mom, they were poor, but I had them to be there. But some of these girls don't have their parent. So for me to see people coming out like you, like God gave you that platform to stand in that place, for these girls. And that's the whole reason I also say this podcast to host people like you, that a girl in Uganda is going to tap on this show and listen to this story. I, uh, my last episode, I hosted a friend who was born with HIV and she's in a position to help other girls that are going dealing with HIV. And before that, I had another friend who is helping kids from the streets in Nabueru. And I did, I want my podcast to be empowering other people and also to acknowledge these people who are standing because they are not rich, but they're putting themselves in that position to help other people. And I'm like, I'm going to create a platform that people will come share stories and somebody can learn through a story that you share. So I want to thank you for being on that platform and just caring about the young girls that many girls look up to you and hearing you say this and the other thing um i noticed i was watching one of the clips and i remember one of the things that touched my heart that you did you pull your crown on one of the girls at a school that you visited i looked at that and for me i don't know how i felt with it like that girl felt precious you mind talking about that incident where you pull your crown on that girl's head at the school you went to yeah, there are actually many, many instances where where that happened. And <clears throat> I actually made a proposal that we could, where we could actually come with like mini crowns because these girls treasure, treasure us so much. So actually one time, I, I think that's the picture you're talking about and we hugged, mm -hmm. yeah. So this girl, we visited their school and I remember walking into this classroom full of 
boys and girls. And they were like, oh my God, we've been waiting for you. They were screaming, they were so joyful. And there was this one girl, she was so ready for me. She was wearing a jumper on top of her uniform. Yeah, that's the girl who was wearing Same a jumper. Queen. was queen, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? She, she's, she's dreaming it. She wants it. I could see her crying before I even touched her. I'm like, oh my God, this, this girl is literally, you know, this is her dream. And for me to, I, I cannot give her much, but at least I can show her that it's possible. This crown can be worn by her. It's, it's yours, take it. So that's why, that's, that actually that was the point. That was the point I, I was telling mama, that mama, we need to come up with crowns when we see some girls that are really dying for this. Mm-hmm. All the girls deserve a crown because they are all going through some kind of, you know, yeah. being a girl is not easy yeah. itself. This girl was just special and we just had to do that. Yeah. That's the thing that you just mentioned there uh, when I hosted this girl, Akuru Ruth, who was born with HIV. She didn't do anything to deserve that, but um, she, I asked her questions, like I asked you what are the challenges you faced growing up in Uganda, and I made a point that I said, why do I even ask girls a question? Because growing up in Uganda as a girl is a challenge itself. Like, that's a challenge, you know? Like, exactly. well, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm proud and I'm happy to see that at least these people that care about our country and care about girls in specific. Because I even tell friends in America, like, yeah, boys do struggle too, but it's hard to be a girl in Uganda and going through life like that. At least boys find a way to navigate life. Um, but yeah, I'm... Especially with the praise that we have you know, watching us, you know, you know, when, when the girls are like growing up and adulting, you know, you get like some really nice boobs and all the shape comes up. There are boys looking at you. <laughs> yeah. So, and actually not just boys, there are grown men looking at you that when they see like a beautiful girl, like me growing up in a very poor, you know, ha- home and they're like, okay, this girl, she's now you know maturing i think i can seduce her with some money uh-huh. and you know maybe drive her to school or something like that and then yeah. something is gonna happen yeah oh my god you know at my school we used to have this big uh, what do they call them Obupande. Uh-huh. signs billboards Sign. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so say say no to free gifts right <laughs> yeah i see those a lot <laughs> I see those a lot in uh, in schools when you go. I mean, we had them in my school too. Uh, uh, who who is your female role model? Oh my god, that was, that's a that's a tough one. <clears throat> I think if you asked me that when I was a, a kid, I would have told you Oprah, because mm-hmm. I was like, everybody knows Oprah. Right. But now that I'm growing, I think things I'm changing the way I think and I. Seeing, seeing people so at this moment I, sh- I should still say my mom yeah even though she passed away she taught me a lot she instilled in me a lot of values that I still stand on and I look back and I'm like wow mom you did a great job and I 
I don't know where or how I would be without, you know, her, her lessons. Right. So my mom was, like I said, she was a very hardworking woman. My mom did everything. She did everything. So when I, when I finished my, uh, actually she passed on after I just graduated from, I mean, finished my senior six. So I was like so angry at life because she had invested a lot in me. And I was like, oh my God, I, I need, I feel like I need to put, now I need to take on the responsibility. That was the fire that I had in me. Okay. Immediately, immediately I started working. I stopped all this, um, uh, all this drama of, oh my God, mom is gone and we're going to miss her. Yes, I missed her, but I thought that my mom would be so proud of me if I took on the hard work that she was doing. And I did exactly that. And I'm proud of myself. I'm sure she's proud of me. So when she passed away, the, my first job that I got was on a photo studio. So one of my uncles on a photo studio, I just street talk. Uh, to him and I was like you know what I think I can be a photographer he's like no way <laughs> I said th I, th I can do it no way it's like just give me a chance he gave me a chance and I started off as a receptionist and guess how much I was getting paid uh -oh. but you guys just take whatever money as long as you're not you know, doing anything stupid yeah it's a clean job I was getting five five thousand uh, shillings per day that reminds me, not to cut you short, but that reminds me of my story. I don't know if I've talked about it on my podcast, but I worked at a, what's a building in Kampala opposite Old Tax Park. I've forgotten the name. Uh, I've forgotten. But I was, I was making 5000 and I would take a taxi back to Wakiso and I would spend, I think, 3000 so like 3,000 and then the <laughs> next morning, so like you end up with like 1,000 every day. Yeah. So like. yeah. That is that is the spirit. It shows that you actually don't care so much about what you're having now, but you know, you care about the experience and you just don't even like sitting at home doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Because I believe opportunities don't find us just at home doing nothing. So for me, for example, I worked at that job and I saved up a lot of money from my 5,000. I used to walk home. Okay. For me, I didn't used to, you know, get in a taxi, but it was, yeah. it was like, a, it was like, a, like a 20 minutes walk or maybe 25. I used to walk home and I remember I had a dream. I was already fed up of the whole situation around me and the country. And I was like, you know what? I need to run away from this country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I love my country, but at that moment, that's how I felt. So the only thing that I tried, I started saving up for was... Passport. Yeah, oh, I need to get my passport. It's crazy how the things you talk about, and it's, I relate to who I was, like some of the things you're talking about, I think, and that's the reason why I'm, I'm thinking like every Ugandan is kind of on that journey. And these are the things like when you talk about it, people will know those who are not there yet. Cause when I finished from six, I got the job I got to get 5,000 every day. And I was uh, cutting CDs and going to work here. So, but I knew I wanted a passport. I wanted a driver's license just to have. So I was saving up for that. And it was not until an opportunity just showed up. Like I made a episode specifically of how I ended up in the States, but my dream was to become a pilot or aircraft mechanic to work with airplanes and long story short this is not my episode i was just sharing a little bit about 
I'm right gonna now, host. <laughs> right now, I work as an airplane mechanic at the airlines in in um, uh, Michigan, and oh, wow. it's a dream that I had ever since I was like 12 years old, and that's the whole that's purpose. Amazing. Like, as like I got to this place, and I want to empower other kids who are on that journey. So you talking about having a passport? I tell my cousins like, hey, you need to get a passport, even if you don't have anywhere you're going, just have a passport. Yeah. Wait, wait. Just... Let me let me cut you short. Don't tell me that you didn't share that story yet. I did. Oh, you did. Is is it on one of the podcasts? Yeah, it's one of the episodes, the uh, first ones, I think. Yeah, I uh, how I came to America, something like that. I think there's actually like two of them that I talk about my story on how. Yeah, there's there's one you'll find it on YouTube or one of the first ones. Uh, you will see it. I talk about the whole story and my journey in the States and how I got to where I am right now. Uh, I just detailed that. I just want people to go and hear, listen to that, and maybe somebody will get encouraged. But we are almost coming to the close of this one. I know I've taken a lot of your time, but I wanted to ask you a few like more questions, like three. Um, I noticed you are a world traveler and you've traveled almost all over the world but what are some of your favorite places that you've been to where you say oh my god this place was awesome besides uganda oh yeah uganda is awesome <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i haven't really like traveled a lot you know i need to do more traveling mm-hmm. but for from the places i've been i loved the maldives yeah. Every place is unique. Every place is unique in its own way. The Maldives is like, is like paradise, you know. <clears throat> and then I enjoyed Jamaica. Yep, that's what my bucket list. Jamaica, it's it's right next door, right? Yeah. So actually, I you know I did my Jamaican trip right before COVID hit. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> So it was like God was telling me just go and have fun and you know have a blast in Jamaica because what's coming in, you're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so Jamaica is definitely on my list of favorites. And uh, what else? You know what? Actually, I enjoyed the United States as well. Yeah. I what, enjoyed what states my, did you visit? In the I state? enjoyed New York. Yeah, New York is fun. My last country that I've been to that was one of my favorites, again, it's in Africa. Besides Uganda, it's Kenya. Yeah. I enjoyed the safari side of it. Amazing safaris. So Kenya is fun. I- my mom is Kenyan. My dad oh, is really? Kenyan. Yep. So I visit Kenya very often because I have family there and I like it uh so like i said we're coming to the close of the podcast i have this question that i studied i ask everybody i host on my pod podcast um who would you like us to host on the show and you should be able to help us get the person to the show that is a great strategy that you're working on like you're using (laughs) (laughs) very nice like okay so from your circle okay Okay, now i know how i ended up here (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. i know a lot of amazing people oh my god oh 
Yes, I got it. So, he is the star maker. You should know me by, you should know him by saying, just by that word. Star oh. maker. Star maker. Hmm. Who could that be? <laughs> Are you even following Ugandan celebrities? But this guy, oh, this gentleman, his name is Joram Mozira Job. Hmm. You, I've heard of him. You know, like how you know celebrities, and like you don't, you don't have any hope of like even meeting them. So you don't. Okay, really... maybe if if you don't know him, I'm not gonna crucify you because Joram, just like me, likes to be behind the cameras and all the. Noise. I would say so. The person, the star maker of our era, this uh -huh. era, is Joram Mozira Job. Okay. When I was a kid, I'm I'm speaking a little child. That's when I last heard of Sylvia Ward being too. a star maker, and I was dying to meet this woman. I'm sure okay. you will you will enjoy having him. He's amazing. He's uh, yeah. he's probably more talkative than I am, and he's, <laughs> uh, he's more humble though. Yeah, he's a very humble guy. I, I like don't want to speak on his behalf. I hope he's uh, available. So yeah. I'll I can I can work with people's schedule. Um, I have a full-time job, so that's why when we're trying to figure out time to talk, I, it's hard to, especially in the time difference too, but I try my best to work with people whenever they're available. And actually, I appreciate you for scheduling this time. My final question that I'm going to ask you um, mm -hmm. is, what gets you excited about life? Ooh. That's my okay. signature question. I ask everybody I host. That's the last question I asked them. Life. Just being alive. Yeah. Excites me. You know, that, that's a whole idea. Like, um, life, I mean, the, the word life is right. just life. If, if, you're, yeah. if you're here, life, you are alive. Yeah, now that I thought about it, like, if you didn't have life, you wouldn't be excited. You know, <laughs> you exactly. have to have it to be excited. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the most exciting thing for me and um each each day i'm very grateful when i wake up i'm like oh i'm, I'm alive oh. it's exciting to be alive it's a great time to be alive i don't care if i'm having um if i had a bad uh, worst nightmare or i'm having some issues to deal with as long as i'm alive this is the most you know thing the, the most precious thing pitbull a musician said every day above ground is a good day so whenever you're above ground that's a good day so i really understand when you when you say that now i i missed this question but i'm going to ask you is there any message you want to send out to a young girl in uganda or in the world looking up to you what would you want to say to the child if there is any younger girls looking up to me i'm sure they are <laughs> Don't stop looking because I'm not going to give up on my dream or myself, but don't try to copy what I'm doing or try to be me or try to be like me. You know, there's a huge difference there. So one thing I really want to tell you girls out there is um, just like I've shared my story, I really, really come or came from trash. I'm not even afraid to say that. 
but you can always dream and you have to always believe in your dreams. I'm not even saying that you have to always be positive and stuff because we're humans. Sometimes we, we give up on our positivity and positivity and we're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to make it. It's okay. It's fine to think all that. But at the end of the day, let this positive mindset come back to you. And, you know, you, you, as women, we have that. As girls, as women, we have the power of getting back up and, you know, getting things done. We have that. It's natural. Now it's up to you to sit on it and say, okay, I, I don't think it's mine is natural. I don't think it's going to come. It is there. You have to make it, you know, you have to just project it out. We have that superpower as women. So it's just a matter of time of when you actually realize that, okay, now is the time for me to flourish and I'm never turning back boom once you have that you're never going to turn back trust me but i want to say this i don't want to sound like a motivational speaker and make you feel like you're going to get it without having any to hit any mountains or you know hills sometimes even when you feel like things are working working out for you like even when i became miss uganda and i was working with many girls and i was you know reaching feel like my dream is um being achieved still you find there are some things that you 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 blame yourself for or maybe people point out and you feel hard you're like oh maybe i would have done better it's normal it's called being human but that doesn't mean that you should stop chasing your dreams and believing that you're you know you can do better and also once you achieve something upload yourself girls because once you upload yourself it means that you are actually appreciating the growth and it's going to push you even more to grow more and more. I don't know. I talk too much, but I think yeah. I, 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 no, I, <laughs> I like when you talk, I, I don't even want to say anything because like every word you say, it's going to be important to somebody. And I don't want to interrupt anything you say. I wasn't even going to say anything. I was going to say mic drop. And just thank you for Boom. being on this show. Before I mic drop, before I mic drop, <laughs> I want to say this. I want to say this to, especially the girls in Uganda. Please try as much as you can to stay in school. There is the saying. I'm going to say it in Uganda. This thing is true. Once you once you mature and you grow up. You realize that it's true. So if you have a chance to go to school, if your parents can still afford to take you through school, please, please get those papers, go and study. Don't go around with boys. The boys, they will, they will come chasing you later on when you have your degrees and you know PhDs and all. And listen, you will, I'm not gonna say you won't need them, but at least you will have secured your education, right? So education first, then everything else follows. That's it. Nice. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to thank you for sacrificing this, a lot of your time to be on my podcast. You know, I'm very it's excited. So Ever since you accepted uh, my request, I've, I've just been excited. I was like, oh, my, I'm going to speak to the Miss Uganda. And I was telling <laughs> everybody, all my friends. And uh, when I posted on my social media, when I'm going to host you, everybody was excited. All my female friends back in Uganda are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can't wait. And uh, I want to thank you for this opportunity to sit down with me and just have a conversation about your life, your 
Miss Uganda journey and everything you've said, and I'm sure what you said here today is going to be impacting a child somewhere around the world. I hope so. And thank you so much for having me. You said when you invited me, you were super excited. I was over the moon as well because um, I, like I said, I watched a, a few podcasts on this and I'm like, okay, this guy is doing amazing. And I, it's, it's a great pleasure for me to, to be a part. So thank you so much for having me. Hey there, I am Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Body Talk Show. Thanks for watching my video and don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend. Tune in every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time for a new episode about my podcast. And for more information about this podcast, follow me on my Instagram page, talk underscore show underscore 256.